Welcome to Connected, a podcast with Jess. That's me. Connections are the secret to a whole life. Recognizing the connections between us and within us, mind, body, and soul, reveals the fullest potential of our humanity. Join me as I discover what connects us to each other and to ourselves. Your mind, body, and soul were not meant to live disconnected from each other. Putting all the beautiful parts of you into one breathtakingly whole experience is what you deserve. As a life coach, I work to support your story. Together, we can set free the story of you. I bring guests onto my show so that you can hear powerful stories of other women all across the world. I want you to see how profoundly important living and telling stories is. I understand what it feels like to live under expectations and programming that are not aligned with who you are. I learned to write my own story in my year of Jess, and I want to guide you as you write the story of you. Your beauty, power, and value are already in there, in you. It's time to rise into it and uncage the limitless experience that is you. You've been held back for far too long. It's time, time to take your pen back and write the story of you. If this makes your heart leap even just a little bit, let's talk. You can find out more about working with me on my website at jessicatravis.com. I hope to hear from you soon. Connected podcast. I have a guest whose um, whose story that I am yet to to fully know, but just from the information I have so far is just incredibly intriguing to me. So I have a million and one questions today for my guest. Um, I would love for you guys to meet um, Katarina Jobert. I see. I told you I would <laughs> butcher the last, your last name, um, but uh, I'm going to let you say it correctly here in a moment. But I. I have um, a lot of information about you, um, about what you do and um, what brought you to what you do, but I love to start with one question that gives you all the freedom to um, describe yourself as you'd like. So, Katerina, who are you? (laughs) Uh, This is such a immense question because I think we change throughout our lives and we're actually constantly redefining who we are and just to come back to kind of like the facts um because that's how I I normally think I think Mm -hmm. facts and then more specifically but what are the the deeper things around those facts and do they matter at the in the end so um well factual information very briefly I am Katerina Joubert as you <laughs> introduced me I just wanted to say it just in oh, case yes, please. Thank um, you. Um, and then so I was born in South Africa in South African nationality uh, but I traveled the world as soon as I could I basically left home to just explore different cultures and always just looking for opportunities to go to to new places and this was a passion that was born in me because my parents were in this fortunate situation to be able to take us with them when they went traveling so we were we were five children but they said that the one thing they were going to do is to to kind of like let us join them in their travels and so forth and they had a real passion for the world and just going to as many places as possible so other factual information would be that as I grew up the thing that really really 
interested me and kind of like got me up in the morning and so forth was all things creative, which is just like visually audio, audio mm-hmm. music, books. And I think that is basically where a lot of what happened next. There was also, I thought I was going in a very, very clear direction and then went off that direction and came back to that direction mm-hmm. and all sorts of this, but it all just comes back to that ability to really express yourself creatively. And then, and the beauty of that and how it's, it's sometimes a lot deeper and you can actually connect a lot more and on a, in a, in a life-changing way with others through something that is just an expression, a kind of free expression of your own creativity instead of just looking at the facts. <laughs> so just coming back to that um, thing. So in terms of personality, however, so just looking a little bit more holistically, I think the three values that would define me, and this is based on the experiences throughout my life, is resilience, honesty, and acceptance. Mm. Um, and that is especially because like, I think I just discovered that there's so much out there and they're also like having to do with loads of different cultures and having to adapt to loads of different countries and the way of doing things there, which I did eventually. Like I said, I traveled a lot. Um, It made me realize that in order to get things done and in order to build up a new life in a new place, you really do have to stick to it and like just carry on (laughs) despite what happens and then also just being honest because honest with yourself that you're not always going to be you're not always going to understand everything around you Mm. and even in the places where or the place where you grow up your hometown even the people around you no matter where you go you're not always going to understand them but if you're honest and you're true to yourself that should not then that will allow you to build those relationships instead of having instead of pretending to be someone else or pretending to fit in with the group and then you actually not really having a fulfilling connection with other people and then acceptance because I mean just in basically in the country where I grew up where we have 11 different languages um official languages that is (laughs) and so many different cultures and acceptance of others and this is like no matter who they are but really like deeper understanding acceptance for others and then the point of it all is coming back to like having a basically like through honesty resilience and acceptance trying to to have a a real impact on people's lives and this is through something concrete for me it is Mm. through something concrete that I can do for them and that's how I got to my business yeah so I don't know that was a lot of information that I don't even know if that made sense it it so did and I have to just say that as I'm listening to each each thing that you said I have like a million you know thought-provoking questions because um one I am incredibly envious of uh your travelogue like this is the, the things that you've seen the people that you've been able to meet the cultures you've been able to experience, it's, it's very broad. And, um, and I, it, my limited experience of cross-cultural um, travel has been um, life-changing every time. So um, seeing mm. the world differently because I'm in a different culture, I'm in a different uh, hemisphere, it changes how mm. you then come back and you live whatever that normal life for you is. Um, if I had my dream, normal life would be that I had a landing spot I visited once a t- once in a while to see my children and my grandson, and the rest of the time I spent traveling doing my work. So, um, mm-hmm. so when I started reading about um, about you and some of the things that you've been doing with your life, um, my my heart just instantly like connected or gravitated towards um, towards so many things that that seem to drive you to, to, uh, well, for instance, you, um, have mentioned, um, how we connect with other people and, and the idea of traveling, um, and visiting many cultures, mm-hmm. um, connection isn't something that just always happens. It's an intentional choice, mm-hmm. an intentional movement to, to find those connections with other people. Um, 
And for me in the work that I do, I find that that comes in sharing each other's stories um, together. And yeah. who, who are you? Where do you come from? What makes you you? What are some, you know, interesting things about um, why you made the decisions in life that you did? Like these are profoundly um, uh, spiritual connections that we end up having with each other when we do that. Um, and you've, you've had opportunity, and I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit about the story that got you to, to what you're working on right now. But um, mm -hmm. because your, your story, that path, is part of your why to where you are right now. Um, so, um, so take, take me back to, um, kind of your first, um, would, would we say job or first, um, um, work that you were doing that started this journey for you? Okay. So this is an interesting question because if I had to think like, I almost want to go back to the first time I, I kind of like traveled and left home and went to a different mm. country, but this was not necessarily the, the first job. So would you like me to focus on that? No, or the I, job? I want your story. So if that's part okay. of it, I want that. <laughs> I'm trying to puzzle it. Yeah. All yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> what, I mean, I want, I um, want, I would love to, um, to lead this conversation knowing why you've landed in today. And what, what okay. got you there? And I know that it's not always about a job. Sometimes it's something that, mm. that continually sparks time over and over again, right? Um, so whatever that mm. is, that's what I want to hear about you. Yeah. I'll start with the exciting bit, and then it's going to get a little bit boring, <laughs> if you like. But yeah. <laughs> so basically, like, I was just... The, the fact is, at, because I had all these things, like, going on... Um, in my head and at school I would I just felt like things were going very very slow so at some point I just kind of like decided okay well that's it I'm not going to school anymore so I dropped out um just got like all the the like textbooks and just whatever I needed to complete my exams and it's at this point that I was like really really passionate I'm going to be either a concert pianist or a writer mm. um so it was one or two so I'm, I'm absolutely I'm in love with stories like books I was just reading one book after the other after the other so I'm, I totally agree with you on the power of stories and I felt like music carried that same mm -hmm. kind of power but in a very very different or an almost abstract way and just like going back to honesty but I find like in anything or Audio, when we have a real conversation or when we have um, listened to a song, it really does elicit like emotions that we can't stop. Mm -hmm. We can't like quickly say, okay, no, they don't exist. Yeah. Like we, what we do sometimes with images, putting filters and so forth on it. So that was what I really wanted to do is either go into music, something full-time, preferably concert pianist. I didn't get that, by the way, <laughs> or writer. Um, but then in the meantime, I also just wanted to travel the world. So I was because I dropped out of school I just I could finish my exams my end leaving exams whatever you want to call them quite early on so at 17 I left home um and because I got an opportunity to go to Japan mm. and I was just absolutely fascinated by the country um the idea was to stay there a bit longer but in South Africa, it's very important that you go to university. So my mom was kind of pressuring mm -hmm. me to come back um, and start university, which in that case, I obviously I went with what I wanted to do and studied music technology, which was not actually mm. what I wanted to do. It was, it was music, but it was music technology, which basically this was in 2000 and I don't know, like eight So podcasts just started mm -hmm. and music technology was something that it's like sound editing, like mm -hmm. audio engineer, gotcha. sound engineer, whatever you want to call it. Basically what I, what podcasters or podcast mm -hmm. production companies would be doing. Okay. Um, I studied this not knowing what on earth I'm going <laughs> to be able to do with it one day. Uh -huh. Nobody else knew as well. But the reason I took it was simply so I could have music and French and English as majors. Um, and obviously my and like ancestral my interest in France and French was because of my ancestral link okay. to it so my my surname is French um so yes I had these majors and then the weird thing is like 
I always had this creative drive, but then everybody else was like, oh, yes, it's really nice that you want to be a writer, but you know, you know, yeah. only a couple of a handful of people <laughs> ever get to that point with like a best-selling yes. book or, you know, so maybe, maybe you should like look into something secure, a secure mm. type of job like teaching or, well, it was basically teaching. Uh -huh. um, and my whole family, like my mom, she was, she still, she was a teacher before she became a psychologist and then she set up her own like a tertiary institute so she offered something called christian psychology which was something she developed in south africa um so it was everybody had a very strong drive for education in my family mm. so that's why basically the conclusion was if you want a job and if you want to earn your chops like earn your mm. a living um go into teaching so that's what i did and that is kind of where things went wrong and right at the same time. But also for me, that was the concrete difference. So I, at the beginning, I referenced like doing something for other people and I could see. So if I weren't writing books or if I wasn't writing books um, and telling these incredible stories that change people's lives, mm -hmm. at least if I'm teaching, I am teaching people new skills and knowledge and they can use that to change their own lives as well. Um, yeah. So that was basically my first job, um, English, English teacher in France, because okay. that gave me, I got the opportunity eventually to go to France to teach English. Um, so that was the other reason why I chose to go the teaching route. Well, so that's my first job, <laughs> well, <laughs> going back to your question. Oh man, I, yeah, I'm just like, oh gosh, I, to, to sit over a cup of coffee with you in person would be like. It would be amazing. I, I, the, the things that you spark in so much of what you've said already that there's these narratives that I think, um, that we have about creativity that, um, that these are not, uh, sustainable things, that these are not things mm -hmm. that we can, um, build income off of or, um, or they're not disciplined, um, in many ways. Um, and yet, um, I think there are many creatives out there who feel a bit stuck. Like what? I know exactly. there's these things they're working in me. They're, they're, um, deeply tapped into the soul and, and finding space for them to, uh, help us, you know, pay the bills and help us create, uh, something that is, um, beneficial to other people around us. Those are really difficult things for creatives um, and I often see um, the compromises that people will make um, and set their set their passions, set their um, creative juices, the, the those deep desires of things they want to do, set them aside for the sake of a path that um, that provides all those other like like I said that narrative that we buy mm -hmm. that we buy into. Some of it mm -hmm. is a bit true. Um, we do have yeah. to buy food. We do have to pay for where we live, things like that. Um, but I think um, there are um, becoming more and more opportunities <laughs> like what you studied, not knowing what the world would be able to produce, that this was something that you mm -hmm. were going to be able to use coming forward. And I'm jumping the gun here. Yeah. But <laughs> but like I said, yeah. you just spark so many things because I – I think about my younger self and going there were I wanted to be a writer. That's what I was going to go to college for. And mm -hmm. I hit this one year mark in school and went, I, what, how do I get paid for this? Like what, what yeah. is, what is the, um, the outcome of this and putting all this money into school? What will I get from it? And, and that I look back and I will go, oh, Jess, why did you have to think like that? You know, but at the same mm -hmm. time, that's, that is the narrative that was speaking to me and settling that creative space in me for something more practical. So, but you mm -hmm. say this was a, um, a, a good crossroad and um, at the same time as something that you felt like you were maybe a bit compromising in those, some of those creative juices um, what was the good that came in walking into teaching, which was not what you set out for? I think it's just, as I mentioned, it's more 
seeing how you become a role model in other people's lives. And what I was speaking about, and this is especially later on when I moved to the UK. Yeah. Um, and I, because I had the teaching background, there is a whole period in South Africa, by the way, but so I'm just jumping yeah, yeah, yeah. to the UK briefly to answer your question. Um, and I had this background in education. At that point, I had tutored at like corporate companies like Siemens. And when I got to the UK, I was also employed by EDF Energy, which is just like a major um, electricity provider. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's the correct uh, term for it. Um, but it's also I worked for like a lectured English at a, you know, like a private university in South Africa. So I had all of this background and I mean, throughout all of that, I did enjoy teaching because there is an element of creativity to it. And I did a lot of curriculum development and I could, because it was English and English literature, there was some English literature in there. Um, I had the opportunity to develop courses around mm, the books I loved, yeah. which of course that was great. And it, it gave me an opportunity to explore that while doing like being a secret novelist on ah. the side and thinking, oh, one day I'm going to get this published. Yeah. Uh, of course, I, I never took that further. And then I went to the UK and I kind of like looked around at what could I do now? My teaching qualification, which I originally did in South Africa, was not perhaps I just decided I wanted to redo that so that I know exactly what are the like standards in the UK I wanted to be mm -hmm. up to scratch with all of that and I looked around at teaching programs and I came across something called teach first now this originated in the states as teach America okay. and that is in both countries and they they're also in other countries by now it's the aim is you take well, normally it's top graduates from um, basically top graduates from any industry, any field, whatever they study. It could be someone who studied science or, in my case, languages. And then you put them in some of the poorest and roughest schools in the country without having necessarily had their uh, training yet. So they're unqualified teachers in these schools. And you can think a little bit, uh, what was that movie with? I'm just always thinking of the song Gangster yes, Paradise. Yes, that was the movie that came to mind too. I think it was Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, it's got Michelle Pfeiffer in it, but the name of it. I, yeah, uh, yeah, because yeah, I, I think of the song too. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that just imagine yes, that song yes. and Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> That's exactly it. So, And basically, you go to these schools, you do your training at the same time, so you still do the, the qualification, university qualification. So you, you're an untrained teacher and one of, or in a very, very rough school, you've got a full timetable, you're doing your university qualification at the same time. And that seemed perfect for me. So remember, I was speaking about resilience. So throughout all this time, like moving around and going to different countries and different towns, I've really had this, it's almost, I don't want to call it an addiction, because addiction is a negative word. But it's almost this kind of draw to something that's very, very challenging and how it pushes me and then just like never giving up. <laughs> so this is why I, I picked Teach F First as my teacher training program. And this is where the good, some of the good comes in because I got to teach children who, some of them really, they come from backgrounds, very, very rough backgrounds. And they did not have support structures um, as we, some of us know it, or normal family structures. I mean, some of them had, a lot of them had parents who were unemployed or drug addicts. There weren't food, wasn't food in at the house, or they had to look after their siblings. All of the usual, very, um, I don't even know how to describe it, like circumstances that I suppose in society, we're trying to combat right. those circumstances and try and try and turn it around. So I taught these children French <laughs> and a lot of them didn't actually care about learning French, although for some it was an escape. Mm. And I think a lot of the rewarding aspect of the teaching part was becoming a kind of a, a 
a role model, but also somebody they could turn to when they had nobody else. Mm. And it was not every single student, not every single student liked me. It's, it's normal. <laughs> we, we don't get along with everybody. And some, some of them hated French. So that just gave them the most dramatic reason to hate me. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. but that's just part of teaching. Yeah. And these are children. So you get used to it. Um, but yes, yeah, so that, that was really rewarding, I would say. And that was the hardest part of leaving teaching because I did quit eventually mm. that was only one of the few things in life that I quit that I decided to give up but yeah well I can I can connect with um that my youngest daughter um discovered a she took a class in uh junior high which would have been I think seventh grade for her and it was yeah. um where they just kind of touched it was like an elective class where they touched on four or five different languages and cultures in there mm -hmm. and Japanese was one of them and she just at seventh grade was so drawn to this culture and um fortunately um the high school that she was going to be attending um had a Japanese program so she was able to learn mm -hmm. um Japanese while she was in high school and she ended up doing a, uh, an exchange student program and that sort of thing and but there was yeah. um something for her in it where it was an opening up. It was like reading a new book um, where there was this, this other way to do life. There was this other culture. There was this other kind of conversation happening. And so um, it was, I think, when you use the word escape for some of these kids, I could see that for her, mm -hmm. like socially, that yeah. that could have been um, a, an escape, but maybe even a rescue in, at the same time from um, yeah. from something. And so that is a very powerful thing. And her Japanese teacher to this day is, is like a friend. She's in, my daughter's in college now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she is, was profoundly impacted by a teacher who was teaching her something, a new culture, a new language, a new way to see the world. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is a, a very, um, profoundly powerful, um, impact to have, uh, particularly on young kids. So I um, I can imagine even stepping away from that, though, um, to even to go into something else was probably difficult, too. Yes, and I mean, it's not in with many things where we feel overwhelmed at times and perhaps like, okay, this is not the path for me or I need to, as soon as I can, find okay. something else. I think it's only later on that we really look back and see what we've achieved because in the moment and especially when you're in something that's highly stressful as a teaching job and especially if mm -hmm. that teaching job is not necessarily in in a, a posh school or a private school like they would call them here but in a school where you're dealing with very very difficult students um then of course in that moment you won't necessarily see what you are actually doing and what you're mm -hmm. achieving um and it's not achievements as in the all your students are hitting straight A's or like there is a very, very, I don't know if it's the same in America, but a, a lot of pressure in the UK for on teachers to make sure to show evidence that all their students are progressing. But it's not always about that. It's sometimes more about the emotional connection that you form with some of the students. And in a way that you, their highlight of the day becomes your lesson. Mm -hmm. And it's not always because they're great at it, but it's just because you offer them an escape, but you also give them that opportunity to start building confidence and start seeing a future or a brighter future for themselves that they didn't or couldn't imagine before. And that was always my, my goal with what I taught was, yes, okay, we're learning a new language, but that new language, as it did for me, can mm -hmm. open so many doors for you. And just being able to travel and having one year of your life in a different country with all the friends and all the new experiences that you will get, um, that is invaluable. You cannot, there's no other experience like that. And I think a lot of the impact that whether you stay on in those countries or whether you go back to where you originally you were originally born, a lot of the impact that you eventually can make comes from that exposure to new people and cultures and that's something I've discovered slowly <laughs> as well so definitely a lot of good in teaching and 
even with what I'm doing now, there's like a little teaser. I'm I'm going to bring some of it back in mm. to what I've eventually set up, which is called Creators Abroad. So. Well, and I'm really um, excited about this yeah. because um, on multiple levels, um, because yeah. um, I've taken the deep dive into <laughs> podcasting myself, but it's mm-hmm. um, but it's a, a space that has taken everything from before and landed you in this new creation. So explain to us what Creators Abroad yeah. is. So Creators Abroad started as a, something called Regeneration Studio and I'll be very honest with you. I'm actually releasing a YouTube video tomorrow on this whole, on the dilemma of branding Mm -hmm. and how you should think very carefully about how you pick your name in a space like podcasting or vlogging or blogging, something that's more uh, like a service or online Mm -hmm. rather than say you're selling shoes or something. But Creators Abroad started as Regeneration Studio and the idea there was, first of all, to kind of celebrate the place where I was abroad Mm. or am abroad I'm still abroad (laughs) there the northeast of England which is it is one of the poorest regions in England so not very well known but it's one of the most beautiful the countryside you get everything here you get the countryside which is like Yorkshire Mm. and you get the seaside you're basically two hours by train from London and any other major like city Scotland is like a stone's Uh. throw away So even though people don't know about it, because there's not a lot of information, it's really an incredible place to live. If you can just, you know, look past the fact that you're not in London or or Edinburgh or one of those places. So my idea first was to kind of celebrate this through podcasting. So in other words, because um, listening to podcasts really had a big impact on my life and just coming back to those values that I mentioned at the start of honesty, acceptance, and resilience. It was through listening to podcasts, listening to other people's conversations, which is just raw and more open and honest than say, um, just going through their Instagram feed or social media posts and so forth. It's through listening to that, that that actually kept me going through teaching. It helped Mm. me through the toughest times in my life. So that's why I wanted to start a podcast. And I wanted to, like I say, kind of get the stories from the region where I'm living at the moment, this area of England that not a lot of people know about. And then I discovered that perhaps I'm not, perhaps I can have a broader impact or a broader, I'm, I'm using the word impact a lot. I kind of I don't always want to because it's not very clear what I mean by that. But I wanted to reach more people than, say, just people in this particular um, space or area where I am. And that's why I eventually decided to look very specifically at who I'm talking to, who can I talk to. And that's how Creators Abroad was born, because I decided, well, who am I? And that's your answer to who can you talk to the best mm. the, in the most direct way? So I'm a creator abroad. And because I went through all of that of, oh, you can't make a living out of create creative work. Um, and just by starting a podcast, a regeneration studio, I didn't had absolutely no idea what was going to happen. I, to be honest, I had zero I should have done more research. <laughs> I was going to say I have zero knowledge. I had the knowledge of editing sound, getting a, a right. good quality sound product out there. But in terms of how to market myself and all of that, I didn't. Um, and then people just, I just got people asking me to produce content for them. So that's how I eventually decided, well, there's something in this. And um, even though there are multiple podcast production mm-hmm. companies out there or agencies, the one thing that I've always been able to do, and by the way, the whole thing came out of a blog that I started when I moved to the Northeast called Teesside Cat. And um, and that was literally just me going around interviewing people like, hello, I'm this South African person who moved here um, and I just want to know all about your business, your small business. Yeah. And they had these fascinating stories yeah. and I wrote about that. Um, so it was kind of like it, born out of that Mm. idea um yes and then I set up a 
well, it's basically in its infancy now, but it's a multimedia production company. And the focus is on that really transparent, honest connection between business, small businesses, artists, and their clients. Because I think we get a lot of the superficial, and it's not necessarily what you intend, but through visuals, just superficial engagement on, say, the platforms that a lot of small businesses use now, um, which like Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook, and they're like TikTok, there are right. multiple ones, um, where people are just scrolling and liking, perhaps, right. which is good, great, they like it, but there's not that deeper connection right. about, okay, who who are these people who are running the business? And that's why what I want to give back to my community, immediate community, but also broader in helping creators abroad right. realize that they can actually do something, they, they can make a living. They just need to understand how to go about it. Mm. Sounds like we need to have more conversation together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I was thinking as um, there were some things that you had mentioned in the info that you had sent over to me about w the work that yeah. you do. And one of those was this... Um, this ability for us to easily disconnect with visual um, media, oh, yeah. of course, and yeah. um, and it. To be honest, I feel like it's this monster that needs to keep being fed in order to work, mm -hmm. right? And and honestly, I think for unless that is your thing, for a lot of creatives and a lot of um, small business owners, we want to do the work we set out to do. And then we've got this monster yeah. over here that has to be fed somehow, right? In order for us mm -hmm. to keep doing the work that we want to do. But it almost becomes this, um, like, I I didn't get into um, life coaching and, um, and having these conversations with women about their stories because I wanted to be on Instagram. Um, Instagram yeah. is this force, feels like this forced um, thing I have to do so I can keep telling the stories, right? And, yeah, exactly. and, um, but I remember as a kid, I keep coming back to this. Um, and I don't know if this is ever an experience that you had as a child, but my family loved to go camping. And so all of the relatives, the cousins, everybody, we, we'd all meet up at different times throughout the year and we'd go camping. And what you do when you camp is you, you sit around the fire, you have no TV, yeah. <laughs> you have nothing going on and you're telling stories. You're telling, you find out what your uncle did when he was a kid and you find out all these like little tidbits and interesting things about each other and you see people and you get seen in those conversations. So you get to share parts of yourself, you know, that little thing that you loved about yourself, the, the cool little trick you have or the um, experience that you had as a, as a kid that um, was daring and, you know, or whatever it might've been, you get to share those things. And, and then you leave that camping trip feeling connected. You feel like you have something deeper than when you arrived with the people that were there. And the, if I could put a campfire in between me and who I talk to and who I share their stories, that's the, that's the, the experience that I think podcasting um, does for people. It allows us to sit there as if we're around that campfire and hear those stories. We hear it in the voice. We hear it in the pauses. We hear it in, um, in the way that you decide you want the world to know your story, how you want to be known. And I think it's a powerful medium that that uh, forces us to, to listen and engage our soul in a deeper way than um, visual media does. And so I really resonated when you talked about that and that there's more behind your production company than just producing podcasts for people, you know, but mm -hmm. that there is, there's a deeper intention. And that's what I'm hearing coming across for you, that the, this is a, a power, powerful um human impacting space that you are creating for your clients yeah exactly because like i say there are obviously with anything that becomes popular and podcasts have mm -hmm. become 
very, very popular. I mean, there are now 2 million shows or something on Apple Podcasts, which is just like it. I think it more than doubled over the last year or so. Now, the problem with something like that is, okay, so you could perhaps jump on that and say, okay, well, I'm going to now also be part of this podcasting right. boom. Um, but that was, that's never been, even with starting a podcast, that wasn't even my attention. I didn't even think very clearly about like that as such. I just knew what the impact or power of podcasts had in my life and I then realized by doing a full year of just producing a podcast on a consistent basis that there is real it's almost like you capture and you said it as well you capture the soul of whether it's in my case an individual or in your case also an individual person doing work Mm -hmm. and getting that work out there and sharing it through your stories or the stories you have with your in your guests but also for an organization I realized that they have this massive opportunity to finally because we're not all trained up and visual experts right. and photographers but now with all of the the social media where we feel like we have to right. be we feel like we have to take these amazing photos because otherwise nobody's like gonna it. like them and <laughs> to be honest I know we say that it doesn't matter how many likes you get but nobody wants to get zero likes exactly. it's just nobody it's it's just the right. human nature But now if we take that pressure away and we just say, well, the truth is, and it's exactly like you mentioned with the campfire, the deepest connections and the deepest loyalty is built on our conversations with each other, which are honest and unfiltered. Mm -hmm. And that does not happen, I'm afraid to say, on Instagram. And even with like visual elements where you have to sit down and you have to watch and even then it's all about being flashy and being quick and being easily comprehensible there are so many rules and I experienced exactly what you experienced in terms of I didn't want to be on Instagram to always have to put out this amazing content um, but in order to get your message out there you have to be on it so you and you have to learn how to do those things so I want to give my clients an opportunity to really build a a real long-lasting connection with their most loyal clients who will automatically through learning their stories through learning those quirky things that happen and that can you can hear most clearly through audio Mm -hmm. through a conversation um will then automatically take, say, oh, listen to this episode. It's really funny. And then somebody else will listen to it and they will be drawn to that company or those Mm -hmm. people or the team that runs that small business. And they'll be like, oh yeah, maybe I'll try them. And for me personally, I always use this example of, um, because I love coffee. Mm -hmm. Oh, then we're Uh, we're, we're going to be friends forever. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just have a glass of water. Oh. But yes. So I was thinking I need to do that. Um, no, but so I, there's a small coffee, a roastery um, where I live. And the the coffee they do, like, it's absolutely amazing. Like, I love their products. But the fact is, I'm not always going to pay super 100% attention to all of their posts. I'm going to miss a lot of things. Right. And to be honest, you want to know the little quirky things that go on. But if I have a podcast that I can listen to, I can put on while mm-hmm. I cook, while I make a cup of coffee, or while I go drive, like, well, when I have to drive somewhere, right. I'll get that information and I will build a deeper connection with them without always having to worry to have the phone right. with me, which is, unfortunately, these things are just like, they make us disconnected. Right because we're so addicted to just looking and seeing what's going on in them. Yes. So yes, that's what I, I'm, my vision. <laughs> well, for what my I husband kind of teases me because my time is very limited, um, at, you know, as far as um, what I can study and, and dive deep mm-hmm. into. Um, so I tend to be somebody who kind of scrolls through the news highlights until I see something I want to know more about that. I click on it yeah. and I read a little bit more. But then I'll come to him and I'm like, do you know about this, this or this? And he's like, where did you hear that? And I said, well, I read a headline. And he's like, you're all about headlines. <laughs> I said, I just don't have time <laughs> to go deeper. And it's because I don't have time yeah. to sit in front of my phone and actually do the read. But what I do yeah. is audiobooks and podcasts. I listen to them. They can go with me, whatever it is I'm doing. 
But the, the yeah. magic I think that tends to happen is that some of my favorite podcasts, that person becomes like someone sitting in the the um, passenger seat in my car. Like I know their yeah. voice and their inflections so well after listening to them time after time after time that there's there's something that even connects beyond just the story that they're sharing or the information that they're giving. It's that I am I'm actually engaging with a human um, in that audio um, where I can't always get that by reading a news thing or by, yeah, it's just, there's just something that gets captured differently. And I remember one time uh, there was a podcaster that I listened to pretty regularly that I actually got to have on my podcast um, several episodes back. Um, and mm-hmm. I had listened to her for years and, um, and then ended up doing a retreat that she was on. And, um, and it was such a weird transition to go from somebody that had just been so familiar in my life on the audio to actually meeting them in person and going, wow, this is like I'm putting this real person into three-dimensional form here. And, and, uh, but already having this deep connection with the work that she did. And, um, yes. and it's just a, it's, it, it takes me back to those. Um, I'm, this is going to age me out right here. Um, <laughs> when I, when I was a kid on those camping trips, something that my dad loved to do was, um, there was a, a radio show that told stories. Um, oh, it was something like the rest of the story, I think is what it was called. And, um, mm-hmm. and it was just a, it could be a scary story. It could just be, um, kind of a history story, but it was, and then this is the rest of the story. And so you would, you would listen to these little story segments and, um, and I remember going to sleep at night, camping, listening to these um, stories. And I can still as a kid or as an adult, having listened to those as a kid, I can, I can come back to that visual that I created by listening to the story being told. It's very powerful. It's, it's yeah. very powerful what, um, how deep um, spoken language can go. And, um, and I take that... I take that very seriously when I think about um, having someone come on and share a story, particularly those who've never shared their story before. Um, you mentioned the ones that you just, your blog, and you just went out and you started talking to people who'd probably yeah. maybe never been asked about their story. Well, it's true, even now, because I'm still, even though I'm creators abroad, so I, I interview obviously creators abroad right. who, who who have made something out of their life uh, doing creative work in a foreign right. country, which is a, a very specific situation and, and difficulty. But as part of that, be, me being where I am and me being abroad, it also gave me the opportunity at the same time to still go out and ask the people around me or in this area, especially the ones who, who really are doing something different, how did you get to do that? Yeah. How, what's your story? What's your journey? And it's true. They, some of them come back to me and they're like, but why do you want to interview me? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you, who you are. Right. Every single person has that story and it's different. And I know we don't always believe that it can mean anything to somebody else, but oh, you'd have does. no idea. It does. I talk with, um, yeah. Because I, I do the podcasting, but um, my business is life coaching. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of my ki- clients come to me after having listened to multiple episodes of um, right. the stories that are being shared. And over and over again, they will refer back to, well, when so-and-so mentioned this, it triggered something for me. And I, and I remember one specifically was a podcast I did with my mom and one of my clients had talked about connecting with something that she had said in that and how, you know, my mom, it, it has never taken a public platform in any way in, in, in terms of being known anywhere. She's, she's my mom. She's a, a nurse. She's not famous. She doesn't have a, a story out there that's been in the news but her story impacted somebody else enough to say, I want to, to do something with my life. I connect with that. Mm-hmm. I want to change something. So I think our stories are incredibly powerful. And my hope is that 
I get to keep telling or giving space for people to tell the stories that aren't always like aren't famous. They're not the ones who always Mm -hmm. get the podcast um, interview, right? Um, But like your blog, that's why I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to go back and read your blog now because this is (laughs) it's uh, I I just love those human stories. How how did you get there? What inspired you to take the next step, to take that risk, to take that chance, to break away from something, to jump into something new? Because I think ultimately, don't I think that's what I want, right? I want to yeah. take a risk. I want to jump into something new. So when I hear someone else has yeah. done that, yeah. No, but I mean, that's exactly what I what I do as well. So it, it's very similar into your aim is... I think it's by just hearing somebody else say they've done something, they've achieved something, they've gone through a similar experience that you go, ah, oh, maybe I can do that yeah. too. It just, it's that, that moment where you just realize that you're not alone. Right. Somebody else has thought of that, has experienced that, has felt that perhaps they're not you, perhaps they're not doing exactly what you're doing, but it, there are those through lines those connections and I always think in terms of like podcast guests and because these are the things we we have to ask ourselves like who are we going to invite Mm -hmm. on as a guest who will accept us as a guest Um, and it goes the same for blogging and for for loads of other platforms vlogging as Mm -hmm. well on YouTube and you ask yourself but do you know every single guest that some of your favorite podcasters are interviewing? Do you know them from a famous platform? Are they all mm. celebrities? No. And do some of their stories have an impact on your life? Yes. yes. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the story does. The story is powerful. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So what when you work with a client, what are you helping them do? So basically, they I've done mine as clearly and simplistically as possible because I'm all about just transparency. So this is what I offer. So they can either just consult on like, this is my problem. This is what I want to do. So that's just pure consultation. But in terms of concrete packages that I offer, so that would be, it's very much the first step. If they want a podcast, where do they start? They need to create everything around that identity Mm. of a podcast channel, of determining their audience, of having the cover art, um, all of the practical sides, the hardware, software training. So all of that is something that I take care of. And that's the first level. And I call this Echo because there are plenty of other podcasts out there. So we just, although we're not like replicating them, but we're echoing the setup, the the infrastructure, and then we're finding their identity. So the second level to that, and this is where it gets exciting, is called Resonate. So this is where I have it just through my own experience of teaching, of being, and also blogging and content creation. I also did music journalism for a while. Well, actually, still do it like freelance not mm. anymore because I'm way too busy now but I did do it for a long time so just through all of that experience um being able to really structure their episodes to resonate with their audience because a lot of us get sometimes a little bit lost in having something that's structured and has a very clear target audience so I helped them with a, a five episode kit obviously they it's all tailored to their needs so if they want to have more inputs they can mm-hmm. but if they want me to give their them input on that that's absolutely fine um so that's just all the pre-production post-production for five episodes and that includes like a blog post and all of that okay. um and then the last level is called immerse which is a complete immersion of their audience in their world. Now, this includes 10 episodes, uh, all of the pre-production, post-production, and a video element. So that's where the full, so there we add the visual element to it as well. So they get uh, however they want to structure their video elements, uh, which normally goes out on YouTube. Gotcha. Wow, that oh, sounds yes. like a but... beautiful partnership where your creativity and their creativity get to um, collide. Yes, and I think a lot of people 
sometimes get stuck. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. Um, just get stuck on how to actually where to start and how to structure these things um, and all the, the 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 small things that come with it. Uh, just like templates, some things you can reuse yes. and so forth. But the, the initial deciding, how am I going to introduce myself, you know, to capture them? Right. Because you don't want to be like every, every other episode's introduction. You want to have your own style. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is, this, yeah. is, um, this is beautiful. And I'm like doing the Rolodex of people that I know who are who have a lot, who have something to say, but they don't know how mm -hmm. to do it, mm -hmm. you know? And, and yeah. then you hear the, um, you know, the, the effort done, but there is a lot of technical side that isn't there. It's something oh, my husband yeah. and I are always like, okay, we don't know what we don't know, you know? Um, yeah. we, we found, yeah. so I take care of the technical side just because then that's one thing off their gotcha. plate as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I had another question for you because we don't we don't get to these spaces alone. We get here inspired along the way. So um, so I'm curious who some of your inspirations were along the way, whether they were um, individuals or books or um, you know pivotal um, I interactions or um, or even art that that got you to here that sparked something in you that took you to the next space i think that's probably the hardest question you've asked too far <laughs> i've got so many different people and books like i mean i've just read and read and read my entire life long um how am i going to break this down so maybe currently i'll break okay. it down to current influences um, a lot of the things that have helped were, were getting in touch with the podcast community. Um, of course, it's not every single person, but it is through obviously having guests on my show, just getting to know other podcasters. Um, I've got one person or there are actually two people who run what's called We Are Podcast. And this is the most recent kind of influencer, James Whitaker and... Ronsley, Vass. Um, so they, they're just like, they know a lot about podcasting. And there's some, I attended one of their events earlier this year. And I always tell this story. It was during what was still called, well, lockdown in the mm -hmm. UK. And it was at a, at a quite a difficult financial time. So basically, I just, I saw this event advertised in a in an email in a newsletter and you know newsletters we just open right. them sometimes and we don't always read them through and so forth I just clicked on it thought well why not and then well there was a cost of course so I did just emailed because it said that there's some financial aid if you need it so I just explained the situation that I'm in lockdown and so forth and I didn't actually think I was going to get a reply I wrote a blog article about this by the way and I got an, a reply and I got it to attend the event, which was just a two day event, but it was literally like, it just changed my whole outlook on, especially one of the things is that doubt that we always have that, oh, I'm a, I'm a podcaster or I'm, I'm a writer and I, I can't actually make a living. And that doubt was, I, I just understood something very clearly that it's, it's about how you approach the problem. But if you're always going to tell yourself it's not going to work and you're not going to make a living out of it, you're always going to just stick to the, the conventional paths. So they were a big influence in mm. making me kind of realize that. And they're just really brilliant, like great people, great at what they do. Um, both of them podcasters as well. And they've, they've got their own businesses, I think. Uh, yeah. So that's a recent one. But if, in the more broader scheme of things, um, gosh, I'm going to say my mom. <laughs> that's like such a... Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And why? Just in a more like broader aspect. She's just been there always. And we've had our ups and downs, but she's, she's a psychologist. And she's just offered me a lot of emotional support and a lot of inspiration. I think a lot of my like wanting to make a difference really does come from her because she's given up a lot of her life and so forth to dedicate it to, to her clients and and wherever she goes, and she's also a bit of a traveler. She's in the states at the moment, mm. by the way. That's where she lives there. So. Yeah, sometimes those uh, those things that uh, draw us, like travel, often come. My my mom's mm. the same way. I think if we 
I'll mm-hmm. let her loose. She'd never stop. She'd move from one place to the next and mm-hmm. um, yeah. without even needing or wanting to land. Just she wants to experience people. Yeah. And um, you're around that your entire life. That's really hard not to soak some of that up, right? Um, yeah, I know. I think I just miss her at the moment too. It's been like two years or three years oh, since I last wow. saw her. So, wow. So, are you yeah. where you're at currently? Are you, is this a semi permanent for you? Or are you looking to travel some more? I am looking to travel some more, but at the moment, um, I'm I've actually applied for residency. Okay. So. I, there are some rules about that. So I'm not just allowed to go traveling for a very long time. So I'm just going to wait for all of that to come through and then I'll see what's next. But yes, I do enjoy it here and I am here with my partner. So he's kind of fixed. Yeah. Well, okay. If you had, um, one place you could go now. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say it's, I've always wanted to, to go to South America, mm. South America, definitely. Uh, those, the... And strangely enough, also like just going back to Africa. Yes. So um, mm. South Africa was where you were. At, yes. But it, I would go to a different, I just feel like there's so much there yeah. and I don't know. Yeah. I just have a very, very, like a very deep, <laughs> deep connection to, to Africa. There is something yeah. about Africa. I was there in Tanzania for 10 days and mm. um, it was so hard to get back on the plane and leave. Like there is something so deeply rich and oh, soul grabbing about that I think country. the connections yeah. there between the people yeah. there it's just it's so different I think they still have something of that yeah that campfire yeah exactly. and it's not it's just it, it is, is it's the community like growing up in that community there's a, a kind of a very un, unblocked unfiltered we're all together in this together kind of thing absolutely so, yeah I miss that. and they have such a connection with everything around them that everything has this mm. value nature and um, all of it yeah it's just I'll never yeah go I'm just quickly yeah, gonna yeah, tell yeah. you a very very funny story <laughs> so I was just this this always like comes I'll never forget it so I was going up this was shortly after I got my driver's license I was going up this very 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 steep uphill in Johannesburg where I grew up and I had to turn in and something went wrong and I went all the way back reversed over this big um like pedestrian thing in the middle of the road and my car just got stuck and before I knew it probably four people ran out picked up the car <laughs> and moved it up. oh my goodness they just like, they just picked it up that's that always like that's the image uh, I have of yeah. the community the, the sense of community in Africa so it's like somebody's in trouble okay. we all go and help oh, wow. <laughs> yeah uh, that is, yeah, that is a, a mindset that I desperately want to see more of in the States. It's, um, yeah. we're very individualistic here and it's, um, that community, mm. that sense of community that you seem to cross into traveling. It's definitely yeah. something I, I wish we could, we could shift. I mean, we can in our, in our small circles, we can begin to yeah. make those shifts, but, yeah. but yeah, there's, there's magic in Africa. There's just there's just magic there there is there's so much opportunity so much beauty and so much Mm. warm yeah yeah I think that the biggest uh not the biggest but one of the things that surprised me and I don't know why I didn't think this through but um we we were outside one night looking up at the stars and realized we saw different constellations than I saw here Mm. in the states and I'm like oh yeah I'm on a different hemisphere. <laughs> like this is a yeah. this like their look into space was different than my look into space. Like it was just um mm. yeah, the whole the whole thing was just um beautiful. Yeah, and you do that enough, you know, enough times and you want to do it more and more and more. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, um I am going to put your information in my show notes so that people can connect with you, but um but in a in a Uh, here just for the audio how can people find you so two places easiest to find me the first is if you just want to 
find me on Instagram. That is at creators.abroad. And then my website, creatorsabroad.com. All my links are there. I am on multiple platforms, including YouTube, but everywhere you'll just find me as Creators Abroad. But on Instagram, it's creators.abroad. And that's okay. it. And we can and find I'm your blog there as well as your podcast. All links, everything. everything. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Well, I know what I'm doing this afternoon and <laughs> I have a few blogs to read. <laughs> um, so oh, I am... Please let me know what oh, you think. I will. And thank you. It means a lot. <laughs> I, it does. It means a lot when somebody uh, mm -hmm. reads your work and um, connects with your creativity. Um, so um, I am excited to share you with the world. I appreciate your um, time to share your story with me. Um, and I look forward to seeing what beautiful spaces that you're able to help create for other um, creatives. Um, I think it's much needed in this world of, um, you know, I, I, my husband and I call it this 2D experience and the creatives get to mm -hmm. bring the 3 and 4D um, to our souls. So um, I am I'm excited for what is ahead for you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with me. And thank you so much, Jessica, for having me on the show. Thank you for listening. And may you keep connecting all the beautiful parts of you. Thank you.